Welcome back to another episode of Ales with Aslan, your weekly therapy session where we bring our sales reps and sales leaders together for whether we've had a good week or a bad week, whether we're celebrating, whether we're commiserating, we uh, we get us together and have a nice cold frosty beverage. And this week on Ales with Aslan, we're really going to cross the chasm into something completely different. We're going to talk about why most successful companies and sales reps are connected to their purpose. And for that, I've brought in the purposeologist himself, Matt Kachiri. And if that name sounds familiar, that's because he's my bro-in-law. Welcome to the show, Matt. Thank you very much, Scott. Excited to be in Aslan Studios. I know. It's um, it's a little dark down here today and quite hot outside. So uh, we're down in the basement trying to keep ourselves cool in Aslan Studios. Um, today, uh, before we get into purpose, let's talk about the purpose of mm-hmm. Ales with Aslan, mm-hmm. at least one of them, and that is... Something cold and frosty on a hot summer day. Yes. Uh, so what do you have there? What is this you're going to enjoy? I can't tell what that is. Well, uh, Scott, for this particular uh, gathering, I've brought you uh, Shipyard Summer Ale. So this is, uh, this is made by the Shipyard Brewing Company of Maine. So I've yep. just come back from vacation in Maine, and I'm bringing a little spirit of vacation into the studio today. I like that. Yep. Their, their um, mm-hmm. pumpkin ale in the fall is among my favorites. Really, really I do nice. love that. Yeah. This Cinnamon. is actually not a great beer, to tell you the truth, Scott. Oh. But, um, but I like the label. It has a vacationing lobster on the label, and it really spoke to me. I I. I can see that. That's their purpose is vacation. Exactly. I like that. Yeah. I like that. All right. So crack that open. Let's see what that goes like. I myself am going to do uh, a Newport Craft uh, is the brewing company. I think they used to be called Newport Storm, but now they're Newport Craft. I missed that announcement. I'm going to have something called Road Rage, which I've been accused of when I drove in New York for many years. And uh, when I saw this on the shelf, I decided I had to grab it. It's a double IPA. It's uh, alcohol by volume, 8.5%. So if I'm sleeping by the end of this, it is not you. It is definitely me. I understand. It's a hazy double IPA brewed with mosaic and citra. I don't even know what citra is, but it sounds like... Oh, nice. Sounds good. Cheers. Oh. Oh, wow. Oh, look at that. That looks nice. That does look nice. Quite ahead on that thing. There we go. Yeah. It's a really bad pour. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's tasty. Very, very good. Excellent. Well... Again, so so Matt comes with, I'll let him tell you a little bit about his background, but years and years of experience in both B2C and B2B marketing. Um, but his his passion is purpose. And so Matt, tell us, tell the audience a little bit about, you know, uh, how you got started and how it led to this business that you've started up. And by the way, I'd be remiss if I didn't say this wonderful book that you've written uh, called Bleed a Creed, How to Create and Activate a Powerful Brand Purpose. Kind of take us back, and how did that all get started? All right, so one thing I need to warn your listeners is that uh, I am a marketer. Yes. So, uh, you know, I know we're talking to a lot of salespeople, but I'm a marketer. So my background's marketing. I started on the ad agency world, yep. and I uh, ended up at Procter & Gamble for 15 years, where I managed a number of large brands that you know and love, brands like Pantene and Pringles. Mm. And um, after, uh, after I did that for probably a decade, I was kind of intrigued by what was going on in marketing. Marketing was not really beloved um, 20 years ago, and it's probably not that much more beloved today. But um, <laughs> Now but, you're talking to a marketing guy or yeah. so. <laughs> but I was, I was kind of struck at some point in my marketing career at P&G how we kind of take this tone almost as if uh, 
as if it's a battle with consumers. And I was always intrigued by the language you use, like advertising campaigns, and we target people, and yeah. all, all language from war, you know, really? Interesting. And, and, and I just as an orientation toward the customer, I was always intrigued by that, like, wow, how did it get here? How yeah. are we kind of bombing people with, right. with stuff? And I, I recognize that as a receiver of advertising and marketing that I don't really like being bombarded and targeted that way. Yeah. So along that journey, I started to kind of think hard about, man, is there is there a different approach? And um, at the t- well, at the time when I was at P&G, there were great brands that kind of were getting birth. Um, well, Dove Soap, for example, became reborn around kind of really trying to take on the beauty industry and really kind of advocating for women's self-esteem. It was a yep. much higher platform all of a sudden for the brand. And Method Soap came out, which was very much about kind of creating a happier, healthier home environment. Hmm. And there was just different orientation to some of these kind of non-traditional brands that I got really inspired by. And as I dug into that, I got really intrigued by this sense of purpose that these yeah. brands and companies really started to or, or, or operate with. So I spent the last five years of my career at P&G, I was there 15 years in total, really trying to bring that purpose-driven thinking into the company's marketing model to be, in the words of Aslan, much more other-centered yeah. Uh, yeah. In, our, in our marketing approach. So I spent 15 years at P&G, the last five really driving purpose-driven marketing and brand building into, into that uh, great company, which I loved. But after doing that for five years, I really got a lot of passion to leave and do it more broadly with other companies. So I've been out consulting for about six years now. Yeah. Um, and uh, I have the great honor of working with P&G's former chief marketing officer, a guy named Jim, Jim Stengel. Yeah. And uh, we go off consulting around uh, all kinds of B2C, B2B, work with all kinds of companies, kind of helping them find their purpose and activate their sense of purpose. So. That's what I'm all about. I came to the book as a way to kind of uh, help kind of bring my best thinking on purpose yeah, and give it to the world. And you are probably one of the world's experts on this, um, as it states in the book. And one of the first questions I have, and, and this is relevant for sales reps and sales leaders alike, it's, it's how does a company sort of reconnect with their purpose? Because what we see is so many companies, and, and I've worked for a few Kodak was a great example, lost their purpose along the way, failed to innovate to keep that true purpose, and wound up relatively extinct because of it. So how does a company find you and find and, you know, reconnect with their purpose? And then we'll get into the sales reps and how they do the same. Awesome. Um, You know, Scott, I think one of the uh, most powerful concepts in purpose was taught to me. I have a mentor, uh, another great purposeologist, a mentor of mine. His name is Joey Ryman, another purpose consultant who uh, gave me the expression that the fruits are in the roots. And I love that language and I hang on to it all the time because what he really advocates and what I would strongly advocate to anybody is for you individually, for you as a corporation, for you as a business team, the sense of purpose very much comes from an origin place. You're kind of purpose isn't something that's created. It's something that was there kind of at the genesis. Yeah. And so so in any company, Kodak, any kind of company, usually that exercise is about going back and reminding yourself what was the founder's intention? Yeah. What what you know, when when the company was formed, what was it looking to do for the world? And that often is lost over time. And I've been at company after company where it's just you come out of the archives with this arc of like you know you come out with this tablet like holy smokes here it is like yeah. he, here's that sense of purpose so it's nothing to be created it's something to be rediscovered kind of in, in I think interesting you can use the language so, yeah. yeah 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 the fruits are in the roots the fruits are in the roots I like that um, you know and it's it's funny because sales reps and I think we've all struggled with this those of us listening on the on the on the podcast 
do I do I believe in the company that I am working for? Do I believe in their purpose? And you probably ask that more than than you remember. Yeah. And so, you know, sales reps that don't connect to their company's purpose probably don't stay sales reps for those companies. Um, by the same token, and you and I talked about this sort of uh, before before the show. You as a sales rep are a leader inside of your company in some ways and can bring this truth back to your company that purpose is not lost forever. There was a reason all of our companies were founded. And how does a company get back to that is so, so, so important. And sales reps are are the voice to the customer. They're the front line to the customer. And if, if they're not able to sell that, if they're not able to convey that, the company's in big trouble, isn't it? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, there's a there's a line. Um, I'm flipping the page over. There's a line in my book that I loved. It's from Socrates, and uh, he had a great quote that I discovered in the purpose uh, and along my purpose journey. He says, "To move the world, we must first move ourselves." And I always thought that's so relevant for anybody in marketing and sales. Anyway, you have to be yeah first inspired yourself. If yeah, you, if you hope to move anybody else. Well, and it's funny that you mentioned that because you know obviously we've got to be connected to our to our own purpose and our in sales in sales terms we might say our own motivation, um, and and we come so many times when we're out training we have personal stories of people that just they just open up and tell us what really motivates them and then when you can direct them to sell and help customers succeed because of that motivation it's so much more powerful right and you know the other part of that is mirroring. Um, the behaviors of your customers. And I know you and I talked about, you know, we call it task versus relational. You've got a model in the book that talks about the different types of people. And what I would say and what we tell customers is, or what we tell customers that we're training to sell better or, or uh, bridge the gap in their Salesforce execution is we say, look, if you're task oriented, meaning you're a doer, you're just going to rock, you know, you're going to get through what you've got to get through mm-hmm. and your customer's relational and they want to just tell stories mm-hmm. and talk. Mm-hmm. One of you is going to have to adjust yeah. and it probably shouldn't be the customer, yeah. right? Yeah. And so I know you've got a model in there that sort of talks about that. And I'm curious how the sales reps might might benefit from your model. So tell us a little bit about uh, how that all how yeah. came together. Scott, I think what you're fundamentally talking about is I think something at the root of what, you know, so we talk a lot about purpose. What I'm very motivated by mm. is the concept of shared values mm-hmm. and in in a sense of purpose there's there's a certain mode at your in your words motivation values you're kind of we have each of us as individuals and as corporate entities we have a sense of purpose because of our values because of what we hold to be true what we mm. hold to be important that's why we have a purpose and so so part of the purpose journey that you were alluding to earlier you know uh, thinking back to the fruits and the roots yeah it's very important for any individual or organization to get in touch with our values first and foremost and and then looking for that opportunity of shared values so values tend to fall into four spaces um broadly you talked about two types but i i'd, I'd say in the book i i, go, I use the uh, acronym A B C D. Mm-hmm. A is for achievement. That that many of us and all of us have achievement-driven values, which is kind of your task orientation that you were just yep. referring to. There's another set of values that are more belonging-oriented. So we value things like love and togetherness um, and harmony because we all are driven for yep. belonging. There's another one. C is about control. So there's another whole motivational system around bringing control and order, and I and uh, people people in our organizations want that. And D is for discovery and experience. That there's part of us as individuals, as as, as corporate entities that want to discover the new and experience new 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 experiences. So so those are the those are the four terrains. And I would just say, um, you know, what we find over and over again is that great brands are able to align themselves on the platform of shared values. So for example. 
Nike is certainly obviously an achievement oriented kind of brand. It aligns itself with people who share those values of achievement, right? Yeah. If you if you don't care, if you're happy to have the status quo in your life, you're probably not going to be in love with right. Nike, and Nike's not going to love you. Just do it. Just, exactly. So you know, and and so um, you know, we could go on and on with the different different models of that. But I think it's probably very relevant for a salesperson to think about them say, the same way to think yeah. about. As I'm approaching a, a, a company mm-hmm. or a customer, an individual customer, where's their motivation? Where's where are their values? Are they more oriented toward control and stability? Yeah. Are they more oriented to oh, tell me about the new, tell me about the new thing? Are they oriented interested in the new? Yeah. Um, and and connecting on that level, I yep. think, is, is is a really powerful platform for making. It's great for marketing connections, sales connections too. I'm sure. Well, and it fits so nicely into what we talk about in terms of being another centered approach, right? And and we always talk about you know, before you even make the phone call or visit the customer or engage them in any way, having some understanding of what's important to them, whether you get that through research or an actual discussion, what's on their whiteboard or what's on their figurative, you know, what keeps them up at night list yeah. is, a, is a critical, uh, not only to get their attention, but to truly help them solve a problem that they either know or don't know they have, right? 100%. Um, and so I like, I like the model, the achieve, belong, control, or discovery. Now, which are you? Do you know... Where you I, fit? I, you know, by the fact that I have uh, written a book that would indicate that I'm uh, a discovery-oriented guy. Yep. I like new knowledge. I like finding it, cultivating it, yep. developing it, kind of codifying it. So, uh, so that's that's my orientation. I'm always looking for the looking for the new. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, I recognize that because, for example, as I n- now take my consulting services to companies. Yep. I got to think pretty hard about it. is that where their orientation is. Usually yeah. not. Right. Usually, traditionally. Businesses are, kind of, of course, more results oriented. A lot right. of leaders, you hit kind of thinking in from achievement standpoint. Well, where's this going to get me? How how is purpose going to help me deliver? Yeah, what's my result? ROI on purpose? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, so, yeah. So I got to learn to I got to learn to speak that language. Yeah, and I have a lot of data in the book about the ROI of purpose. And what's interesting, in, in like our task versus relational sort of discussion, it's sort of opposites, and it's about our sales reps ad- adjusting. But in your model. Would would the opposite of discovery be control? Correct. And, okay. So yeah, yeah, they, yeah, the converse. All right, I got you. They work, they work in opposites. Exactly. Yeah, which is really and, really interesting. Yeah, and I mean, uh, you know, I don't want to bore you too much with this, Scott, and, and to your viewers, but uh, but that is based basically on, on the structure of our brain. Like we are left brain and right brain. Yeah. And uh, I know you, Scott, you probably are, I think are more of a right brain person. Your your wife is more. I know her pretty well. She's more left brain. Yeah. Uh, vice versa, actually. Yeah. So yeah. But, uh, yeah. But you know, they, they work in opposition. Yep. Okay. Very good. Um, so let's let's kind of turn the page a little bit. Um, so so um, when you when you find companies that are trying to return to their purpose, um, and and let's just broaden it to to sales reps. Say sales reps have lost their way. Say companies have lost their way. You said it was there. It's in there. It's it's internally still located there. But how does someone get it back? Like how does a company yeah. like you, a book like yours, help them get it back? So. I like to uh, imagine the union of two circles, two, two union of two circles coming together. As I say, one is understanding yourself deeply. Yep. So again, Socrates has this great line about take stock of thyself, know the know the, your potentialities. Yep. Know your values, know your history, know you know your place in the universe. So one of those circles is really much very deeply all the way back to your origins. And again, Scott, I know I know your kids. Mm. Kids, we're all we're all born with a with some sense of, you know, DNA that's kind of inalienable. inalienable. Yeah. So, yeah. so we need to kind of get in touch with what's in that circle. Yeah. Then the other circle that comes in is are the needs of the world, and yeah. that's where you know I think again you think about this a lot at Aslan is 
what does the world need out there? Yeah. What, what do people need? What do companies need? And it's in that union that the, the magic happens. Again, Aristotle has a great line about that, that at that intersection is your calling. Yeah. And, um, and I think those are the two things we need to kind of be spend some good time thinking about over and over again. Yeah. You know, it's never it's never ending. That continual looking deeply in terms yeah. of who am I? What's my DNA? Yeah. What's that about um, as an individual, as a company? And then marrying that with what's going on in the world right now? What, what, what do people need? Yeah. And it's that union where the, where the magic happens. I mean, it's really interesting. Um, you know, we we run into all kinds of companies. There's, there's, you know, people always ask us, you know, what, what's your sweet spot in terms of vertical markets? I, I can't answer that. I'm the marketing guy, and I can't answer that right. because, it's, it's, well, first of all, it has to be the right kind of company that believes that other centered is the way to sell. Right. That a self centered commission breath sales rep is not going to be successful long-term. They might be for a little while, and I'm sure there's some of you listening that are really good at that, and that's awesome for you. But for philosophically, those of us that believe helping others, truly, you brought it up earlier, serving others is when we are at our best. Right. Um, it's it's a completely different animal. And so, you know, I, I love the intersection um, idea because I think companies that recognize what they have to offer and what the world needs and find that sweet spot those are the ones that are going to have sustained success, right? Yeah. And I know you've got lots of brands that you've done that with, and and it sounds like it's been uh, it's been a great journey for you in your in your consulting and, and, and writing world. And I have a question for you, Scott, yeah. to see if because because what I cite in my book, there's increasingly great data on the marketing side yeah. um, in terms of this idea of being other centered, serving others, purpose driven, truly translating to to better business results. Yeah, I don't know if the same thing exists on the sales side yet. In 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 this in the function of sales, but it'd be interesting to kind of dig, dig into that and see if we could maybe kind of prove the same, prove out the philosophy. Yeah. I mean, I think we're seeing it. Um, you know, we've, we had a customer recently, um, you know, like a, a, a financial services company and they were really struggling and, and, um, you know, just none of the metrics had it in the right direction. And, and frankly, uh, it took a phone call from them an important customer to them that said something's wrong with your service levels. And it was, it was more of a reactive sales kind of thing. But the point was they, they, um, they needed to change something. And we were on their list of people to evaluate and we, we want a pilot. And when we got through with the pilot, it was very interesting to see just some behavioral change, some other centeredness, some focusing not on my agenda, but on the customer's agenda and really leading them through uh, that, that process change. They saw immediate, results, immediate yeah. change in behavior, which led to a second phone call that came back and said, I don't know what you guys are doing, yeah. but it's different. So I think, you know, is that this, do we get that every time? No, yeah. but like it takes one of those to just keep me going every day to yeah. say, yeah. you know, we really, really helped that company fundamentally change. Yeah, exactly. um, and it really all comes back to just their, the personal motivation of the individual sales rep and the, you know, what's the company trying to achieve in the connection of the sales rep to that. But at the sales one-to-one -one engagement with the customer, it was all about, you know, their cool. personal motivation. So, well, very good. As we as we kind of run out of time, um, any other little nuggets that you can think of in Bleed a Creed that sort of bring, um, you know, something additional to a sales leader or a sales rep? Any parting pieces of advice? And then we'll kind of, you know, get into how people can find the book. Yeah, I, th I think one thing that I talk a lot about in the book that I think is probably very relevant for a salesperson, just as it is to a marketing person, is finally, it's, we've, we've touched on it, but that 
passion is persuasive. Mm. And and we as human beings are really good at reading people. I mean, it's what we've evolved really amazing capacity to understand and read read other people. Yeah. And I think the authenticity of conviction is we can yeah. tell. We can tell. You know, we can all we can all tell if it's real or not. Yeah. So I, you know, the, one of the reasons my I've called my book Bleed a Creed is because in this topic of purpose that I really believe in deeply, I believe what's maybe more important is a sense of conviction. So what I mean by a creed is that you have a sense of purpose, but it comes, it's belief inspired. It's, mm. it's conviction driven. I really have conviction. There's something I really hate or I'm really angry about. Or I really want for the world. Steve Jobs has a great quote about you have to be burning with passion. You have to, and, and, and I guess that's, that's something I believe that's, that's my core conviction and my core belief. Uh, right in the conclusion is the reason I wrote the book and it's my conviction for what I believe about great marketers, great salespeople, is that true success comes from that sense of passion and conviction. And so I think I'm going to, uh, you know, kind of close with that thought that I think any salesperson needs to really kind of spend the time to find deep conviction because um, passion is persuasive. Well, and we and it's funny, we talk about motivation um, you're, you know, someone's motive is sort of pure. If your motive is pure, yeah. it's definitely transparent. Yeah. People can see through it. They can Absolutely. see fake. Like yeah. we talk about it all the time that you cannot fake being other centered. Right. Cause people will see through it. You sound like whatever the worst kind of salesperson is if you're faking it. But if you're truly other centered, it can be magical. And if you really can find your purpose and reconnect to that purpose and passion, it can be amazing. So thank you so much for joining me. You can read, uh, you can get Bleed a Creed on Amazon or wherever you buy books. It's Bleed a Creed, How to Create and Activate a Powerful Brand Purpose by Matt Kachiri. And uh, really enjoyed having you on, Matt. Thanks so much for coming in. And uh, we'll see you again in another week on Ales with Aslan. Thank you, Scott.